you are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Indians. I'm your host, Jeff Ellis. You're going to hear my cat soon as me talking apparently makes him uh, upset. I'm supposed to just remain quiet down here. For those who don't listen to the show, uh, you might not know. That is my cat, Nacho. Uh, there are two of them that occasionally pop into the show and uh, decide that they have important points. I am Jeff Ellis, as previously mentioned. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at JeffMLBDraft. Volume's really loud today. I'm going to mess with this. I'm going to apologize now if you notice a drop. I, you know, we're, it's a podcast we fix on the flow, right? So, again, used to write at Scout 24-7, Indians Baseball Insider. Uh, if there's a Cleveland sports blog you read, I probably at least had one article appear there. And if I didn't have an article, I was on their podcast or they quoted me for a draft piece. Guarantee it. Uh, yeah, and even if you're like, oh, I, and I've had stuff on The Athletic uh, as part of things. Uh, I was never like paid for or anything like that, but it was a, it was a wonderful experience for people that I enjoyed working for, and they gave me that chance for exposure, and that's fantastic. So yeah, there's been that too. Uh, I've been on The Athletic. I've been featured on ESPN Radio, John Stash Hour Show back in the day. Uh, and if I bragged enough, can we get into the show? Uh, all that bragging to set up. I was, you know, brought on the carpet today by a listener uh, who had a very fair point. How could I mention Bob Walk and then not tell you what his walk rate is? With as much as I talk about walk rates, I mention Bob Walk and I do not mention his walk rate. Uh, well done. Fair enough. That is uh, from at SuperGrover1725. Uh, you are right. I that's That should be like a cardinal sin of this. So if you're curious, Bob Walk for his 14-year career had a walk rate of 3.3. That's pretty solid. A high of 4.8, a low of 2.5, mostly as a starter. 300, uh, 259 starts, 350 games. One-time All-Star, uh, finished 7th in the Rookie of the Year in 1980. And just to talk about how eras are different, okay, so he pitched from 80 to 93. 14-year career, mostly as a starter. And his strikeouts per nine was 4.6. His walks per nine were 3.3. 3.3 would still be acceptable now. Uh, but can you imagine a 14-year starter with a walk, uh, strikeout per nine under five? The game has certainly changed, and that's what makes it really hard to kind of judge and evaluate uh, players to certain degrees. But that is that is Bob Walk and Super Grover. You are absolutely right. Uh, what are we going to talk about? <laughs> we got a terrible game. We have... I've got an interesting quote I'm going to bring out uh, as well. Uh, I got into some good debates on Twitter. Um, I'll address some of what we were debating with uh, Rule 5 stuff. We'll continue the baseball reference. Uh, Yesterday's show, we talked about, like, well, not like, we just talked about uh, the comp and similarity scores. We're going to hit some the hitters today. We just did Jose Ramirez yesterday. We'll, uh, We'll dive into the hitters. There were no more pitchers really to cover. So, uh, and then after that, if we have time, you know, if we get through the Twitter stuff, we get through the game, we get through baseball reference, I assume that's going to be the whole show, but if we have time, we'll dive into baseball savant. We have not done that, I feel like, in a few months. Just talk about who's high, who's low, what's kind of interesting, and what takeaways there are from that. But let's talk about a miserable game. Uh, Nearly the fourth no-hitter the Indians have had against them this year. A hit by Ahmed Rosario in the seventh, right? I think it was the 7th. It wasn't the 7th. It wasn't the 6th. 
That's it. That's the only base runner for the Indians. A zero one hit one error box score. Daniel Johnson had the error uh, before they hit. Daniel Johnson was the only one who had anything to put in the box score outside of you know, some strikeouts here or there. They had seven strikeouts. Uh, Minnesota managed six hits and two walks. Uh, nobody reached base twice. Uh, Daniel Johnson, for his error, also did have an outfield assist, so he kind of balanced things. Tristan McKenzie was brilliant. Six innings, three hits, one earned run, one walk, seven strikeouts. What's been the change for him? That walk rate. That walk rate where he was the worst pitcher in the American League in terms of walks to being kind of more where he's traditionally been as one of the better ones. Uh, it just got it. Hitters are chasing more because they know he's not going to be as wild. They're not taking for granted that. Uh, that he's going to, uh, you know, they they know they can't sit around and just know that walks are going to be plentiful. Uh, Sean Whitgren both give up runs as well in this one. Uh, Whitgren's was the home run to Miguel Sano. Shaw had two hits. Uh, interesting, no walks. I, I don't know what to make of Shaw this year. I just don't. Justin Garza had one inning, one walk, one strike. I, I mean, it's easy. Three stars of the game. McKenzie had a great start. Anytime a starter goes six innings and gives up one run, that's fantastic. Uh, Garza had a perfect inning, didn't give up a run, the only pitcher to not give up a run in the game. And then Ahmed Rosario had the only hit. So those are your three stars. Uh, it's pretty easy when you go through and just talk about things. Now, if you go back to the trade deadline, I talked about the Twins being smart. And I liked the addition of Joe Ryan from Tampa. He was a guy who was a borderline top 10 prospect for a very deep Tampa system. Great control numbers in the minors. I don't think he's like a star, but I, for, I mean, Minnesota's been running out the, you know, the Randy Dobniks of the world, the Devin Smelters. They've done a lot of kind of uh, more quad A types. Ryan's got a chance to be a 3-4, and they got him for a rental. You know, 40-year-old DH. Nelson Cruz is great, but they got him. Uh, Drew Stroman was more, I mean, he's an interesting pitcher as well. He might help them, but he was more about balancing 40-man spot slots, I felt like. Uh, the big piece they got there was Ryan. And for Tampa, they traded away two guys that they had to add to the 40-man. So Tampa was doing their manipulation of the 40-man, which they've been excellent about. I hope Cleveland will be as good as Tampa has been. Uh, I mean, that's how the Indians treated, what, got Chin Ming Wang? No, that's a different starter. Hughes, I can't remember. They got um, an interesting pitcher from Tampa. It's the same thing with San when they got Walter Lockett. I only remember because then they traded him for Kevin Ploiecki, uh, where the starter slash reliever they got for Tampa, I thought was going to break camp with the team a few years ago, and then like struggled in double A and ended up being released. But these are guys that uh, the Indians traded low-end prospects, and by low-end more, they were just far away. They were lottery tickets for guys who were a little more safe and secure. Now, they didn't end up with much for those safe and secure types. That's uh, the unfortunate truth of the matter. We'll have to see how things go. Like... I mean, that Luplo deal, uh, I really like what they did get in Batonfield. He has been fantastic. But that's a deal when we go back and talk about it. They traded away Tajane Thomas. That That's going to be an issue. <laughs> He's gonna Just go check out his prospect rankings. Uh, that, that's one of those trades that, you know, Luplo had that one great year. He was solid but slow in 2020 and then hurt this year. Uh, the cost to get him probably isn't going to balance out. But, man, boy, have I gotten off the rails. But the Tw Indians, if you watch my video from yesterday on Lockdown, the Indians can't beat the Twins. This is what? Uh, they've now lost seven of the last eight. They are, what, 
five and ten maybe. Uh, the Twins have the worst record in the American League Central. They have one of the worst records. They have been playing better of late. Yes, we can admit that. I think they are on a bit of a winning streak, as a matter of fact. I'll pull that up. Uh, but the still a team with the seventh worst record in baseball. They have won four in a row now, with five and five in their last ten. Seventh worst record in baseball. The Indians might be the only team that uh, has that the Twins have a winning record against this year. That that might be it. Because, I mean, Kansas City's got a better record than them, barely. Uh, D- Detroit has a better record. Uh, they are the worst team in the American League Central. Yet the Indians cannot beat them at all. Uh, the upside to them having a nice little winning streak here is if you're an Indians fan, it means that instead of picking sixth in the draft, they're up to seventh. Uh, this is just something I'll continue to harp on because, again, most of my years and experience as a writer was as a draft writer, so I pay attention in this. Remember, entering today, the Indians were slotted to pick 15th. With the loss today, though, uh, they are now slotted down to 13th. The Angels and the Mets have passed them. It's a very close grouping. Uh, if you're curious who's picking 12th, that's the Tigers. So that's four games between them and that. So 13th is probably the highest the Indians could pick. Uh, if you are wondering, the you know the last time they picked really high was Will Benson, like in this range. I'm trying to remember if he was 13 or 14. Uh, we'll pull that up right now and look. He was 14th. Uh, that was back in 2016, where they picked there. Let's see. Should we? Last time the Indians picked 13 or higher was back with Clint Frazier in 2013. The last time they picked 13th, ugh, Bo Mills in 2007. Uh, that was such a bad pick. Um, and you know, I, I gave him some credit at the time. But you go and you look at Bo Mills. That's one of those things. You know, I talk about how baseball has changed and things have evolved. Uh, you don't see a lot of JUCO guys go that high. I believe he was very cheap, honestly. This was back when the Indians the Indian started spending. Uh, Bo Mills was not a, a spot they spent on, but you go and you look at his stats in the minors, like, he was not good. Like, I was getting juiced about a guy who, uh, in the lower minors, like, his first year in Akron had a 7.24 OPS, just basic stats he wasn't excelling in. Uh, there wasn't huge power numbers. Like, it's shocking that before 2008, uh, essentially because he was a high first-round pick, uh, he was ranked 87th best prospect in baseball. It's essentially just because of that, because he, he played for Mahoning Valley, Kinston, and Lake County. They were kind of aggressive with him. Uh, but then the next year, they had him just play the whole year at Kinston, and he had a 761 OPS. He was not, like, dominant as uh, a 20-year-old at that level. Ugh, such a... Yeah, it, Jason Hayward was the guy I wanted then. That was the first televised draft, I want to say, in 2007. Uh, I always talk about 2008 was my first in-depth following. 2009 is the first one I wrote on. So that's kind of the the overall feel. Uh, Most successful other players that have been taken 13th. Well, here we go. Here's a winner. It's actually one of the most successful picks in the Indians' history of the first round. Their best first-round pick ever by war went with a 13th overall pick. We'll do a three-second pop. You know what? We'll take a commercial break. We'll come back and tell you who it is. So here's a chance to guess at it. Take some guesses. Uh, about who that could be, who is the Indians' most successful 13th overall pick. We will come back after a quick commercial break. Everyone out there, you can share a bed with a Pro Bowl quarterback, an Olympic swimmer, swimmer, and a national women's soccer star. Let me explain. When I heard how many athletes sleep on the Molecule mattress and call it their best sleep order, I had to check it out for myself. You know, I'm not an elite athlete, uh, but Lord knows, right now, my bed could be replaced. Uh, sore back, sore everything. And uh, Molecule is one I am checking out. 
The reason that I'm checking out is Sleep Scientist literally created the world's most perfect mattress. It's unlike any other mattress in a box. It's cool to the touch, not like other foam mattresses. That's huge for me. I own a cooling blanket, a quote-unquote cooling blanket. Cool to the touch is big. It has six times the airflow of my old mattress, so it would keep me cool all night. Again, huge for someone like myself. It has a zone reflex layer that adjust with me and all my weird sleep positions so I never would awake with a stiff neck or sore back and it's antimicrobial. I mean, we all know the world we live in, right? It's how elite athletes sleep and it'll get you the best sleep ever. Sleep on a molecule mass mattress, not mattress, mattress, risk it free for 100 nights. If you don't have your deepest, most restorative sleep ever, you can return it. Who lets you do that? Who lets you return the mattress? Visit Molecule.com and save 20% with the promo code locked on. Again, save 20% with the promo code locked on at Molecule.com. Mattresses are expensive. 20% off, 20% in savings is huge. Go to Molecule today and remember to use that promo code locked on. Does this sound familiar? You got one device that lets you catch the game live. Uh, often my PlayStation, I've talked about it. Another that lets you stream your favorite show. Sometimes also my PlayStation, sometimes my tablet. You're watching sports highlights on your phone. This is true. And you've got your neighbor's best friend to log in for the good stuff. Uh, for me, that's like uh, Showtime and HBO. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and to get it all together in one place. So you don't have to like grab your tablet, grab your phone, all that stuff. One stop shop. How often have we said, I wish I could just get all of this in one location? It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again, and the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Go ahead and make your joke. Uh, so... Let's get back at it. Greatest pick ever, as I said, was a 13th rounder. That's Manny Ramirez. Uh, ended up seven, well, 6.8 war higher than CC Sabathia. Francisco Lindor is sitting at a 30.6. We'll see if he can approach those players. Greg Swindell at a 30.5. So Lindor did pass Swindell this year in terms of war. Fifth, Nagy. Sixth, Jeremy Guthrie. Seven, Kelly Gruber. That's a sad one. Just because... Again, I mean, they essentially, I believe he was, if he wasn't released, he was traded for almost nothing. Ray Fossey at eight. Drew Pomeranz, might surprise you, is the ninth highest war all time in Indians history. Ten is Rick Manning. And if you want to go down to 11, you have the Chiz, Lonnie Chisenhall. That's how bad the Indians are at drafting. Uh, players they've signed, let's keep going just because this is entertaining. Rick Cerrone at 12. Paul Shuey at 13, which is maybe the most frustrating pick because they drafted a reliever with the second overall pick in the 1992 draft. A reliever. Whew. So, and he is, what I said, 13, 14 for Jared Wright. Tyler Naquin has the 15th highest war in team history of anyone they've drafted and signed. I'm not counting like John Curtis, who didn't sign in 66. It, it just, I still have to laugh that you have Naquin at 15. Bradley Zimmer has the 16th highest war of any for, uh, first round pick in Indians history. Tristan McKenzie is at 17. 18, Steve Dunning. 19 is Jeremy Sowers. 20, Tom Brennan. Do you want me, should I go 21? Because I don't like to end on an even number. J.D. Martin. Uh, I mean, I could keep pushing, and part of me wants to keep going down so we can mention such luminaries as Clint Frazier, Trevor Crow, and Michael Aubrey, because they would be in about the top 25 to 30 range. But yeah, that is the Indians' first round. 
that is frightening to look at. So that terrifying piece, I want to throw something at you here. So I posted basically, you know, I'm an idiot. Brian uh, Rocchio is, uh, he's proven me to be an idiot. Like there's no other way around it. It's, so wh why was I lower on him? Why was I always willing to trade him? One, they have such a glut of infielders. That is number one. Two, when you want to trade something, you have to trade something people want to get something. And Rokoya was one of those guys who people love the talent and tools. So he's always close to or a borderline top 100 guy. Uh, so he had more value. The reason I was always willing to discuss him in trades is you have to trade something to get something. And he was a guy that they were that had the ability to be traded to get something from a position of strength, a position of depth. And he was a low A guy. He, you know, really before this year, we hadn't seen and he'd been an average bat at his levels, maybe a little bit uh, more so. I, mean, I like guys like Aaron Brock, Bracho more than him. I look, I mean, most people had them graded pretty similarly. Almost everyone had him as a top uh, 10 prospect before the season began. So, uh, you know, we finally get kind of an extended look. He gets this, and I mean, he's making me look, like I said, like a complete, we get some right, we get some wrong. You know, I posted the thing a year ago about how, you know, one year later, my take on the Clevenger deal looks really smart. Well, you know, one year, two years later, my takes on Mercolio look very dumb. Uh, honestly, when you are scouting, you're, if you can hit 30 to 40% of the time, you're doing a good job. Uh, one might even say just 30 is probably pretty good. Like a 300 batting average is, is enough. Uh, so I bring all of this up because I tweeted that out. I was like, you know, sometimes you get them wrong. I was wrong. And a announcer who is an announcer in the double a system i won't say who dm'd me this wasn't me searching he uh, he's a good dude i won't go too much beyond that but he just said dude rukoyo is legit might be one of the four best position players i've seen this year now why does this mean a lot let's talk about who is in double a uh so you have the new york mets affiliate honestly it's not the deepest one Okay, Colorado Rockies. They've had some pretty good players go through. Toronto Blue Jays still have a strong system. There have been good players there. Boston Red Sox, not the best system. Phillies, not the best system. Uh, Trenton Thunder with New York. New York has a really has had a pretty solid double A. Some really interesting prospects have gone through. Pittsburgh Pirates of the Altoona have had some great prospects. Baltimore with Bowie has had, I believe, the best prospect in baseball. Rushman's gone through there. Detroit Tigers. I've had Torkelson hit that. I want to say he's been up to double A this year, as has Riley Green, who's argued. I mean, both those guys are getting some top 10 overall prospect in all of baseball love. Uh, so you're talking about three prospects who are the 10 best in all of baseball have played in double A. And this announcer is telling me that he is probably one of the four best he's seen. So that right there tells you the top Indians prospect he saw at that level. Uh, that means he thinks him thinks he's higher than Tyler Green. Not Tyler Green. Tyler Freeman, Tyler Green, uh, Tyler Freeman, uh, who some people think is the top prospect in system. Uh, you know, uh, not like I said, Freeman's in the Freeman Rocco. Those are top five for me. Uh, to me, it's a pretty easy top five. And then you kind of got to figure the six to 10, like Espino is going to probably be in the six to seven range. Like it's one might say it's an easy top six, but I haven't even finished San Francisco Giants. By the way, I think Helio Ramos, the number one prospect, was in AA this year. Washington Nationals, it's a prospect uh, on the rebuild. But AA has had some really good talent. Uh, and this announcer is, I will, I'll give it this. It's an announcer in the Western Conference. Hopefully he won't get mad for me. So that means, you know, when he's talking about teams, and it's not the Rubber Ducks one, okay? You might be thinking, oh, of course, well, it's the Rubber Ducks guy. It's not. But that means that's the Tigers, the Pirates, the Orioles. 
which are probably the top three teams in terms of prospects this person is getting to see. Uh, and yeah, so I, I just thought that was worth sharing out, uh, something I wanted to point out and just have some fun talking about. Uh, I was wrong. I was very, very wrong. And it happens. And yeah, it happens often. And uh, you just got to hope you get more right than wrong. And I feel like at the end of the day, let me know. I appreciate the feedback on Twitter uh, from everyone. Uh, do you think I get more right than wrong? Do you think I get enough right? I mean, if I got more right than wrong, I would be at, like, it'd be a crime if I wasn't working for a team, let's be honest. But am I getting enough right that it makes my amount wrong okay? You know, we can go back. I can give you my worst takes ever. When I was starting out and I thought David Huff was going to be a pre, uh, this is my quote on him. You could probably find it on me guest hosting a Smoke Signals back in the day if you could find that podcast. I don't know if you can. I thought David Huff was going to be Cliff Lee, but not not the good version. The Cliff Lee, the version he was when he started out. They're like kind of four or five who could miss some bats and not walk anyone. I, I, I said David Huff would be that. Now, I will also say that is before I knew really what an advanced stat was. And that was before I was someone who really had spent time in it. So that's a very early take from someone who was learning how to do what I do. But it's out there. You got to own it, learn from it, and move on. And I certainly learned a lot from the guys like Huff and Sowers through the day who I thought were pretty safe uh, prospects. And, uh, you know, in retrospect, talked about this many times. I uh, talked about with a guy who I th- used to work for the Orioles, and I think he's now with the Blue Jays, uh, a scout. And he agreed with me. It's this idea that sometimes those safe guys aren't safe because and I've talked about here on the show, it's hard to put the words into it. And he and I both, again, agreed with this, but uh, you, there's less wiggle room. There's less ability to fail is essentially what it comes down to when you have those players in those situations. Uh, they have to be exactly what you think they are or they don't work out. Uh, we're going to take a quick sponsor break here, and then uh, we'll come back and do the baseball reference comps on some of the other hitters on the Indians. We did do Fran Mill yesterday as well as, with Jose, so join me. As uh, these ones may not be as pretty, but they'll certainly be interesting. So everyone, I'm going to ignore the ad calendar. I'm going to flip some things around. I'm supposed to do certain things today. I'm going to move them to tomorrow because you all know how much I love Built Bar. Technically supposed to do it in my first segment for Friday. We're going to do it now because I have to be honest with you. I know I recently said that the puffs are back and I didn't buy any because I have too many. Uh, They have a banana cream pie puff, so I bought multiple boxes today. That's just me. If that is your thing, I use the promo code LOCKEDON15. They also have a coconut one. Uh, puffs are my favorite for them, personally. I love banana cream. I love banana. In the past, their banana flavors were fantastic. Uh, their previous, their old approach, where they're a little bit chewier, those bars, uh, than the ones they have now. Still great. I still love those. Uh, that was back in the day when like toffee was the best, and their banana was really good. And anything peanut butter was really good there as well. But banana is a flavor they do well. I love banana flavors. If you like it as well, you owe it to yourself to go to BuiltBar.com and check that out. And those, they sell out quick. This is what they do. It's a limited supply. So go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCK15, build up your Built Bucks. I got five bucks off my order this time with that as well. And then I use that promo locked on 15 So puffs are back, banana cream pie puff. Go check that out today. While we're in it, let's talk about Rock Auto. I'm, I'm going to Rock Auto myself. Again, uh, I've talked about it many times on here. I know nothing about cars. I am not a handy person. When we redid the uh, bathroom in my house, uh, my uncle-in-law, I don't know exactly what you'd call them beyond that, he did all the work. My job was grunt labor. That's what I can do. I can lift, I can carry, I can move. Uh, my other job was d- demolition. That's where I am good. I don't have skills, but I can still use Rock Auto even though I lack skills. 
Just things like filters and windshield wipers are easy to replace. You can easily find a YouTube video and you're going to save money because you're getting it from one central location, a American owned business for over 20 years. They've been doing this since the internet started. They have been selling you parts. And if you look, you can also find some discount codes. I didn't tell you that, but you go there and they also have rebates and everything up front. It's easy to navigate. And again, I can't do anything with cars, but I can change a filter. I can change my windshield wipers. And it's so much cheaper to do it for yourself. So go to rockauto.com today. Make sure you tell them Locked On sent you. Locked On Indians, Locked On MLB, some form of Locked On. You're going to save money. Check out rockauto.com. So there's your so. Let you know we're back. Uh, I was having some fun with people earlier with my tweets uh, about the Indians and their first round success. It is kind of interesting that uh, the Indians still... I mean, soon it'll, it'll change, but uh, soon, I just completely lost my train of thought. It, the Indians have never drafted a first rounder in the, or yes, they've drafted, a, wow, they've never drafted a Hall of Famer in the first round. Now, Manny Ramirez, I would have voted for, I think he should be in. Uh, when CC Sabathia is uh, up for election, he'll get in. He'll be the first Indian in. He will not go in as an Indian, though. Francisco Lindor is on that track. Now, this is a team, just going back to this real quickly, they've never had the first overall pick. They drafted second three times because the system used to be, hey, you drafted American League first one year, National League the next. Yeah, it was bad. But, you know, I, I just had to throw that in. Let's let's now go and do what I promised. Let's talk about baseball reference. Uh, let's look at some players and some comps and some similarity scores. Kind of fascinating one is Ahmed Rosario. Uh, Dickie Thon, one of the all-time great namers, actually had a pretty solid career, is his most similar player through age 25, Third is uh, former Indian Juan Arebe. Fifth is Jeff Blauser. Barry Larkin at seven. Sean Dunstan at eight. But the one stood out, Tim Anderson at four. That's the year before Tim Anderson broke out. So if you're having Tim Anderson that high, there's some degree of thinking that uh, that's going to be the next stop. Who else is there? And just his similar batters, Dib Williams, Bob Fisher, Tahito Iguchi, uh, who's really the only one I super remember from that top part of that list. I remember Ron Washington as a manager. I do remember Mackie Sasser. Um, I want to say the Mets, maybe. Uh, but I think he's through age 25. Now his similar by age, Orlando Arcia at 22. Limited reps. Jimmy Rollins at age 23. Leo Cartagenas at age 24. Uh, there We talked about with some of the players like Savali, where they're kind of throwing some injury plague names due to just the weirdness of uh the past few years it's this their similarity scores are more or less predicting a breakout for med rosario next year so i thought that was kind of fascinating to look at uh harold ramirez bradley zimmer doesn't have enough to be up here harold ramirez does now he only has through age 26 uh mike kingery who in my mind had had a better career than he's than he had uh is his most common one you go down to 10th you have former Indian great Dave DeLucci. Uh, back in the day, uh, I remember my friend Andy Clayman, I've name-dropped him before, used to write at Cleveland Fan. You might remember him from those days. Uh, we we didn't go to elementary school together. We started in fifth grade in each other's weddings, all that fun jazz. Uh, now, he would talk about the Indians would only sign like the nicest, um, most upright citizens, and that was Dave DeLucci. Uh, similar batters, it is kind of fun in that like Cedric Mullins, hey, that, that's a positive sign. Uh, former Indian Bruce Avon also on there. So that's interesting to look at. Uh, I don't know if there's much else beyond that, but hey, Harold Ramirez. 
Austin Hedges is fascinating. Most similar batter, Roberto Perez. Just kind of sums it all up. Rene Rivera, other Indians catcher at four, and Sandy Leon at five. Of his most similar batters, three of them have played with him as teammates in the last year, in the last 365. Uh, that's, that's just perfect, right? Uh, Sal Fasano, another former Indians great. A.J. Hinch, Chad Moeller, a certain type, right? There's certainly a certain type. Similar batter, uh, John Bateman at 24, Danny Jansen at 25. He was supposed to be something. Never quite came together for him with uh, uh, Toronto. John Bateman again at 26, George Mitterwald at 27, Jeff Mathis at age 28. And then his age ones are interesting because Mathis, who's been a career backup, Ron Karkovice, I remember him distinctly with those White Sox trading cards. I'd get Darren Dalton at three, Mike Ryan, Hank Conger, another career backup, Mark Hill, A.J. Hinch, backups, Mike Matheny, who had some starting years. Uh, so he's like on the edge, but maybe my favorite comps just because it has in the top five, Sandy Leon, Rene Rivero, and Roberto Perez. Uh, just boy, do the Indians have a type. And through age 25 for Oscar Mercado, his is interesting because the most common guy is Nick Senzel. Man, things have not worked out for Nick Senzel so far. We'll see if we can get it together. Uh, Phil Irvin, another former first Indians first, or Indians Reds first round pick, is at three. Steven Duggar, who I liked a lot. Don't know how he's doing this year for the Giants. I should dig into that. If I dig in, open it. Dwight Smith Jr. is another interesting prospect with Baltimore. Uh, Josh Naylor at six. Uh, and Billy Cohen is his most similar by age. Uh, we'll get to Josh Naylor in a bit here as he goes, man, Sinzel. He is honestly, at this point in time, 36 games this year. Uh, he needs a change of scenery. He could be an interesting candidate for the Indians to try to trade for. The Reds' 40-man situation is not a mess. I'm just saying. I'll just throw it out there. Buying low on Nick Senzel, who is already arbitration eligible. He's already blown through those non-arbitration years. So it's 22. He's arbitration eligible, so he must be super two, maybe. But you're going to get him for 22, 23, 24, and 25. Still four years of team control. I think he's interesting. I'm just going to leave it at that. Uh, the Reds do not have a 40-man crunch. He is a buy-low candidate. Uh, yeah, maybe you help him figure it out. But, man, his, it's not gone for him. Uh, man, I, it, so, I feel, boy, I feel justified. I, I wrote a lot of nice things. Because Stephen Duggar is an interesting guy. Uh, this is where I get off topic. But he was higher rated entering his junior year than exiting his junior year. But I looked at his people were kind of down on him but he actually had a better year and he'd had he'd started to like balance his walk to strikeout ratio and things like that and he always had fantastic tools and he had this big year and i give him a late first round grade he went in the sixth round maybe yeah and man wilson caraman who was over at baseball reference and i both had some fun interactions about how much we liked him and I, man 119 ops plus 817 uh ops in general i like I said, you get some right occasionally. It's fun to see that. So I got, you know, I'm wrong on Rokoyo. Got Duggar, though. Uh, Dwight Smith Jr. is wearing a Reds cap. He <laughs> never played in the Reds majors. That's fantastic. Uh, this year for Baltimore, not much. It, had, it was interesting with Baltimore. That's where it was a year ago. It come from Toronto. But, yeah, that's our Mercado comp. Let's, let's, man, I managed to go all over the place as always. Let's talk Josh Naylor. So his through age 24 year, Stephen Duggar, most common similar batter who we just talked about. Dwight Smith appears at seven. Oscar Mercado at eight. So some similarities. Uh, 
similar battles through age 24. This is just a crazy, crazy list. Uh, Junior Lake, who was one of those guys I just remember making fun of Cubs fans for thinking he's going to be a star. Then J.D. Martinez. Then Felix Pye, another one of those Cubs guys. Butch Husky at five was a guy, occasionally as a kid, I could watch Rubber Ducks, and it was probably actually Kent Nacron Indians games on a local access, access station. And I remember them like blowing up Butch Husky and what type of prospect he was. So I always followed the guy a lot closer than I probably should have. Always kept waiting for him to be a big prospect. Like, looked later in life, and he was not a huge prospect. Uh, whenever I played, like, baseball mogul, I would always, like, trade for him. And I, I don't know if I ever had him as a Hall of Famer, but I had him where he, like, was a multiple-time All-Star because I put all my money in development. But, yeah, it just funny for me to see. It was a name that had me go back. Um, Robbie Grossman at six. Todd Dunwoody, who I want to say was that center fielder with the Marlins, who didn't turn into what he was supposed to, and Al Luplo. Uh, you got to always point out a Luplo when you see it. But yeah, that's, uh, there's, like I said, one is Junior Lake, not good. Two is J.D. Martinez, that's great. Uh, three, not good. Four, you know, he, it's either one way or another. It's like high-end outcome or nothing at all. Uh, so, yeah, it's interesting for his, and now all of these similarity scores do not involve this year. We should point that out. This is all previous year data. So, But still, it's fun to look at, fun to talk about. Did not get to Baseball Savant today, so we will do that tomorrow. I've been Jeff Ellis. This has been the Locked Indians Podcast. Rate and review. It really helps. Download daily. It really helps. Don't ask for much. Please do those things if you can. I've been Jeff Ellis. Follow me on Twitter at Jeff MLB Draft. The next year, go Tribe. After that, go, go Guardians, go.